Welcome to Yankee Arnold Ministries. Dr. Arnold will be with you in just a moment, but first, we want you to know how much we appreciate your prayers and financial support. You may help this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Again, that's 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Feel free to send Dr. Arnold your questions or comments to yankee at yankeearnold.com, and he will respond as quickly as possible. Now, here is Dr. Arnold with today's message. Understand that Paul was able to judge where they were spiritually because of the thing they said and did. And so you and I are being judged. And sometimes people may question your love for the Lord. The thing about Jesus Christ, when he made this statement in the book of John, chapter 14, verse 31, that the world may know that I love the Father, even so I do, nobody could find a fault or a flaw in what he said or did. They looked. They got their magnifying glasses out and tried to find a mistake that he made, but they couldn't find any. Look in 1 Peter chapter 1. 1 Peter and chapter 1. 1 Peter chapter 1, there's a, a verse here that uses the word fashion. Have you ever seen uh, sometime on TV, they're trying to show you the latest fashion? And they'll have uh, women walk down the aisle or something like that, and they're showing the latest fashion in this or the latest fashion on that. And it's, mainly it's because of the times in which we live. Because the fashion that they show today was probably not the fashion they showed 50, 60 years ago. When I went down to the Tampa Bay Bible study that we had today, well, we have it every Wednesday, up on the floor of the 26th floor of the building there, uh, there's old pictures, 100 years old. And they show the street cars and the way the people were dressed. And they show all these old cars. And you think, they were fashionable at that time. But today, would you want that car? Today? It might be worth more. <laughs> but you have to understand that in everything in life, there's always these storms of life that we're going to have. And some things you can control and some things you cannot control. And there's times. I remember when I was in school, the girls used to dress a certain way. Today, they don't dress quite the same. The style, I used to always have these ties that I got from Goodwill when I was going to Bible school. I'd go down there, and for about 25 cents, you can buy you a couple of ties. And they were the, you know, old ties that people had gotten rid of. And, and so, did you know if you kept those things for 30, 40 years, they come back into style? And so... With a guy, it's never out of style. You just wait long enough, and it comes back. But with the women, most of the time it don't because they keep buying stuff. They just got to keep buying stuff. When it comes to the Lord, there are things that God used long time ago to train his people, things that he would teach. 
in our time, when it comes to building us and building our character, there's things that God may use. We're not using the same kind of electronics today that they used 100 years ago. They didn't even have them. Can you imagine 100 years ago not to have the things that we have today? I'd love to see that again, I think. But you realize we live on a faster pace. Nobody slows down to find out what's going on. It's just zip, 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 zip. And we don't stop to think. Now, I want you to see that here in 1 Peter chapter 1, look there in verse 14. And you ought to underline these verses. As obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to the former lust in your ignorance. The only way that you can not fashion yourselves according to the former lust that you used to have, the way you used to live, the only thing that's going to make it different is being obedient. You see, you can't transform your mind, discipline the body, without obedience. If you will not obey the Lord, your life will not change. And there's people who trust Christ as Savior. They live their whole life and nothing ever happens. Nothing changes in their life. They're just like they were when they got saved. No more mature, and it doesn't matter how much Bible you know. How many times have you been to the Bible? It's, has the Bible ever been through you? If the Bible doesn't control your life, you don't know it. You don't know the Bible until the Bible controls you. You don't know what walking with the Lord is like until you walk with the Lord. Until you have joy in your heart, you don't know what it's like. Until you have the peace of God, you don't know what it's like. So God uses things in life. Process. Time is processing you. It's building you. There might be some things that is going to happen this week or next week or whenever. And God's going to have it right on schedule. And it's designed to help discipline you. To create within you desire for something or not for something else. But it could be for something that God wants to discipline in your life. And God's going to teach you patience. But don't you get to the place where you think, I don't need to learn anymore. I've had enough learning. I just want to coast from here on in. But you know the only thing that challenges your faith and makes your faith grow is a problem bigger than your faith. So your faith has to stretch itself to get over that obstacle. So God will allow these obstacles in your life. Not that he wants you to go around it. Not that he wants you to go under it. But he might want you to go over it and in some cases through it. But he never wants us to run from it. So there's problems in your life. There's storms of life that God is going to allow to come. But look what he says here in verse 15. But as he which hath called us or called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation or your whole manner of life. Remember this. All of these things, we're talking about the transforming of your mind the discipline of the body, the changing of your life are not just one little time deals and it's done. It's your whole life. You are to keep growing all your every day of your life. 
And every day is going to come designed with you in mind with all kind of things that you need to make you what God wants you to be. So look in Ephesians and chapter 4. The book of Ephesians and chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. And you'll notice there in uh, verse 23. Verse 23 says, And be, and you ought to underline this, renewed, renewed in the spirit of your mind. Sometimes you'll find the Word of God talking about, you know, that we're supposed to walk as the believer in love and in spirit. It means in attitude. You see, you might learn some biblical truths, but what is your attitude toward change? Did you know that sometimes we don't like change? But what is your attitude? God wants your life to change. Are you against that change? Are you against changing anything in your life? Because, well, well, I've just never done that before. Well, you didn't know the Lord before either. And you never grew in the Lord before either. But is it something you, well, I can't do that because I don't like that. It has nothing to do with what you like or don't like. What does God say? What does God want? If God wants me to change, I change. If God's word says I'm doing something that I should not do, what is my attitude? The spirit behind it all. The attitude that you have. Because that is the biggest key to helping you to grow strong in the Lord. And as he says here, look what he says in verse 22. That you put off concerning the former conversation or manner of life, the old man. So there's something that God doesn't want you to do. And there is something he does want you to do. Put off and to put on. So he says in verse 24 that you put on the new man. You see, these are all personal decisions. They're decisions that you and I have to make. All these things deal with being processed in time. Because it takes time to take things off, takes time to put things on. It takes time to discipline the mind, time to discipline the body. All these things involve time. And all of it is very important. So let me just mention that to you one more time. I I only have just a minute. Only 60 seconds in it. Didn't seek it and didn't choose it. Forced upon me, can't refuse it. I must suffer if I lose it and give account if I abuse it. It's just a tiny little minute, but eternity is in it. Did you realize God is going to reward me in heaven for all eternity for what I do in every minute God gave me to live? That's why the guy says, lost one golden hour with 60 studded diamond minutes. No reward necessary because it's gone forever. And you and I are living our lives and yesterday is gone. It's a canceled check. Tomorrow, that's just a promissory note. Today is cash. Spend what you got where God wants you to, and you'd be surprised what God has for you. Let me give you just a couple of other things I wanted to mention to you. I wrote down five things. I can give them to you kind of quickly. Take your Bible and turn to Deuteronomy chapter 32. Deuteronomy chapter 32. 
And look there in verse 11 in the book of Deuteronomy. Because in this time that God's given to us to live, there is going to be something that you and I really enjoy. And that is a time of ease. When we don't have to make all these big decisions. When it seems like the nest egg is secure and things are going along pretty smooth. I, I don't have any serious health problems and I don't have any serious financial problem. Everybody loves me. Well, there's going to be a time when it seems like everything is going your way. Has that ever happened yet? Well, just keep hoping that it'll happen down the road someplace in. But you always and I always live because you want to be at ease. You want to have all your needs met. You don't like and love all those problems. And as it says in verse 11, to kind of give you an idea of what God is like in the process of time. You see, there's a time when the little eaglets are in the nest. And, and these little eaglets, all they have to do is open their mouth wide and mama will fill it. And God says, open your mouth wide and I will fill it. When's the last time you opened your mouth wide to the Lord and asked him what you want? Real nice and big like. Or do you just ask the Lord for a little crumbs like you're a beggar? Or do you realize that your heavenly father owns the whole world, all the silver and all the gold, and that all he has to do is make things abound towards you? Do you know he is able to do that? You know, I just preached a sermon not long ago on what God is able to do. You're supposed to believe that. And open your mouth wide and see what God's going to do. And he says, now nah, we'll fill it. But sometimes we don't. Lord, you guys, what would you say? Don't be mealy mouth. He says, come boldly to the throne of grace that you may obtain help in time of need. Isn't that what he said? And yet we're so timid. We're so shy. God doesn't say be like that. Look in verse 11. As an eagle stirreth up her nest, fluttereth over her young, spreadeth abroad her wing, taketh them and beareth them up on her wings. And she takes them way up high. But see, there's a time when you're in the nest and everything is warm and cozy and fuzzy and everything is just wonderful. But sometimes because the Lord knows what's best, he's going to change some things. And that's whenever he might have to put a few sticks up into the nest so that it becomes so uncomfortable because God may want you to move. Maybe he has something else that he wants you to do, and you'll never do it if he lets you have everything you want where you are. So God can dry up this. Did you know he dried up the brook for Elijah? Why did he dry up the brook? Because God wanted him to move. God had something else he wanted him to do. The ravens fed him, and he had all of his needs met. He had the water, and then God takes care of everything. And it forced him to do something else. God knows what he's doing. So there's going to be storms in your life and in the process of time. You see, all time is not exactly the same. There's going to be times when you're totally disheartened and totally in despair. All these things come upon us. And God says that he takes and he rides them up high. And so there's a whole sermon here, but... We're not going to take the time for that right now. Turn in your Bible to the book of Psalms, the 103rd Psalm. The 103rd Psalm. 103rd Psalm, and look in verse 13. 
Verse 13 of the 103rd Psalm says, like as a father. Because you see, there's times of failure. There's times of weakness. You see, you and I live in a physical body. And if you get down physically, it is so easy to get down spiritually. Because sometimes our spiritual growth and desires is because we have the physical ability to do something. But when you can't do it, you can't make things happen. Did you realize it can lead to such failure in your own mind? But that's sometimes because we have set such high expectations for ourselves and what we think we can and cannot do. And we limit ourselves. And, and, and God says, I, I, I'm in charge. It has nothing to do with what your dreams are. It's mine. It's his purpose, not ours. And so we have a built-in frustration when we shoot for here and we come in here. All this emptiness that we have. And then sometimes it seems like, well, God's not using me. He's put me on the shelf and this isn't happening and that isn't happening. And you can't stand because you don't have patience. And God's going to teach us patience whether we like it or not. But he says in verse 13, like as a father pitieth his children, so the Lord pitieth them that fear him. And get it, for he knoweth our frame. He remembers that we are dust. He knows the limitations of that physical body that you have. He knows you have an old sinful nature. He knows you have limitations. He knows all of that. God says he remembers. And that demonstrates the mercy of God. Because God is so filled with goodness and compassion. And his, his promises, they, they don't fail. So we need to know that. Look in Ezekiel and chapter 34. Ezekiel chapter 34. Ezekiel chapter 34. And look here in verse 12, Ezekiel 34 and verse 12. We'll just start in verse 11. But look what he says in verse 11. For thus saith the Lord God, behold, I, even I, will both search my sheep and seek them out. As a shepherd seeketh out his flocks in the day that he is among his sheep that are scattered, so will I seek out my sheep. And will deliver them out of all places where they have been scattered in the cloudy and the dark day. Not all days are dark. Not all days are cloudy. But then not all days are bright and sunny either. Days come with a variety of little sunshine and maybe a little rain and a little thunder and a little tornado, a little hurricane. All the things that comes. And so we would like to have, I guess you could say, insurance that it doesn't happen. So we think in our mind, just like we, we pay insurance premiums, that in case something happens, we're covered. Well, in life, we'd like to be covered with insurance that if I serve the Lord, that's like me making a payment to keep that problem from coming this will keep that problem from coming. And if I serve the Lord, that will keep that problem from coming. And we think our obedience is my insurance that nothing will go wrong. Nothing will go wrong. Nothing will go wrong. Nothing will go wrong. I got news for you. It won't work that way. Not with the Lord. Because God is going to use all those things. I just saw a video clip that somebody sent to me. 
And it's a, an interesting little story. But how they videotape this, I don't know. But there was a mountain lion getting up on a big old rock. This mountain lion looked down there, and lo and behold, there was a little bitty bear. And this mountain lion took off after the bear. And the little bear saw the mountain lion and took off a running. And it sounded like a little kid crying. <laughs> and he's trying to run as fast as he can. And he can't outrun that lion. He finally gets down to the river, and the only thing there was this log. And it was going up, and he thought it was going to get to the other side. So he climbs up this log, and he gets up there, and here comes the lion right up the log behind him. So the bear turned around and looked at the lion, and he starts going up backwards. And the lion comes on up. And you're sitting there, and you're watching this. And there's a roaring lion. He's seeking whom he may devour. And he wants to devour that little kid. He kept licking his chops and looking at that bear and little cub. And all of a sudden, the limb breaks and he falls into the water. But the limb broke off, and so he crawls upon the limb, and now he's floating down the river. So now the lion's got to go back down, and he goes down the bank, and he goes down there and on some rocks. And he's sitting there waiting for the little bear to come and get on his plate, and he's going to eat him up. And the little bear got right up there close to him, and whenever the lion got ready to get, he jumped off into the water, and he started fighting for his life because of water and the world and all of there, and the poor little thing. You sit there and you watch it and your heart is just bleeding for this poor little bitty little bear cub. And you know that it can't protect itself. And so he finally he gets up on the land and we got up on the land. Here comes the mountain lion. And now they are face to face. And this mountain lion with those claws, he kind of slapped that little bear and he hollers and he slapped him again and he slapped him again. And this time you could see the blood all over the face of this little cub. And the little cub knew nothing more. He just started just hollering at this lion. And he's just hollering with his mouth wide open as loud as he could. He knew this is the end of the road. This is his last defense. And as he hollered, the lion just stopped and looked at him. And he looked past that little bear. And the little bear didn't know that mama was behind him. And mama was behind him. And while the little bear was going, the mama bear was behind him going, and the lion turned and hauled tail and got out of there. And the little bear finally realized that wasn't his voice. And he turned around and he looked at mama and all. He was the happiest little bear you ever seen in your life. He went over there to mama and mama just starting to clean him up and blood was on him. And she, oh, they were just a loving and a hug. You ain't seen anything like it in your life. I almost cried. I watched that thing about four times. And, and sometimes, you know, you just have a bad day. Not all days are good days. But right before that, the little bear was playing on this rock. He rolled off the rock and onto the grass. And he was laying there in the grass. And he was just having a ball. And then he got up and he saw the lion. Changed everything. He was, he was going along so good. You see, there's always somebody or something ready to rain on your party. And it doesn't matter what you're going through. There's storms in life. But you and I are supposed to understand that, yeah, all that happens and it's going to take place. Now, when you get a chance and you read the 37th Psalm, 
the 37th Psalm. It talks about the soul of man looking out at the storms of life. And then when you get to the 73rd Psalm, it talks about all the storms that are within. So you and I have storms that are without, and we have storms that are within. And so you and I need to learn how to trust the Lord and trust him to walk us through the storms. Because everybody's going to have some storms. All right, now look up here. This hand represents you and me. The wallet represents sin. It's all the bad things that we've ever done. The whole world. But God says that he loves us and he hates what we do wrong. The Lord says that we have to pay for our sins. The wages of sin is death. So we all have to die. And that means to be eternally separated from the Lord forever. But God loves us. He wants us to go to heaven, to be with him. And God says that to go to heaven, you'd have to be perfect, as righteous as God. And none of us are perfect. None of us are righteous. We have all come short of God's perfection. And all the good works we could ever do will never pay for one sin. So God says that there's nothing that we can do to save ourselves. So a man doesn't have to do good works to go to heaven. He has to be perfect. And as far as there's sins, uh, he has to pay for those. And that's death and hell. This hand represents Jesus Christ. He's the Lord, God in the flesh. He came into the world because he loves us. He hates our sin because it separates us from him. So Jesus Christ, who had no sin, didn't have to die. He came into the world and took our sins, paid for them on the cross, came back from the dead. And he says, whosoever in the whole world would believe he did it for them, he would put this payment to their account. Doesn't that make sense? So simple, so easy, that all that anybody has to do is believe it. And if you'll believe that he paid for all of your sins, he puts that payment he made to your account. All your sins are paid. You go to heaven on what he did for you. It's substitution. Christ died for my sins. I believe that I have eternal life. He that believeth on me hath everlasting life. I'm so glad I'm going to heaven whenever I die. Let's pray, shall we? If you're here tonight and you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, that's the best thing you could ever do. But if you're here tonight or if you are watching by Internet, don't forget, you can do it right where you are. You don't have to stand up or come forward. You don't have to send me an email. Right where you are, you can say, Lord, I don't understand it all, but I believe Christ died and paid for my sins, and I'm going to trust him as my Savior. Friend, God said if you would believe it, trust him. He would give you the free gift right now of eternal life. And you can know that you're going to heaven whenever you die. Is there anyone at all before we close? Say, preacher, pray for me. I will trust Christ as my Savior. I want to be certain of going to heaven. Anyone at all? Our Father, we thank you so much for this time together. We ask your blessings upon each one here. And Father, there must be a lot of people that watch by internet that Father, have a heavy heart. And I pray that you'll use the message tonight to be a blessing to them. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.
Were you ever told that you must confess Christ before men to be saved? Were you warned that if you refused to confess Christ, He would not confess you before the Father? Just what does that mean? Pastor Yankee Arnold has prepared just the right book with answers straight from the Bible. The book is called Gospel Driven Man, and Pastor Yankee wants to send it to you free of charge. Simply write to Pastor Yankee at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634, and request the book or request by email at yankee at yankeearnold.com. That's yankee at yankeearnold.com. Thanks for listening to today's broadcast. We pray that today's message was a blessing to you and your family. You may help support this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Friend, one day it will happen. The trumpet will sound, and we will be changed, caught up to meet the Lord in the air. So live today and every day, believing that the Lord is coming soon, and just keep looking up. Amazing grace amazes me.